Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 2, one Marty confusing minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Menez in the News. And joining us one last time this week from the Flux Capacity cast, Guy Hutchison and John Galbo. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. All right. Well, this minute, uh, today we're going back to minute 85, uh, which starts with uh, more kissing and ends with uh, Marty saying, whoa, wait, a paradox? Is that like when blank? Yeah. And we're going to have to wait a whole week to figure out what Marty thinks a paradox is. (laughs) (laughs) There's two of you. Uh, So, yeah. So, so. Marty sees uh, Biff's gang. They 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 show up. Uh, matches in three D and uh, and skinhead. They they show up, and so he takes cover under a table. He does an adorable he, little uh, tuck and roll. Yeah, yeah, and then he pulls a full Indiana Jones by mm-hmm. uh, yep. leaving the hat on the outside and then going back for the hat. He's like uh-huh. if Indiana Jones is a Charizard, Marty's a Charmander. Yeah. <laughs> He hasn't evolved into Indiana Jones yet. Yeah. But he's looking um, for the little fedora. Man, it sucks that uh, this is kind of back when you could wear a fedora and it didn't mean that you were like a guy with a neck beard that hated the new Ghostbusters, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also it's also a thing where there are certain types of people who can pull off a fedora. And when you can pull off a fedora, you don't look like a neck beard. The problem is that the neckbeards can't pull off fedoras, which just adds insult to injury, I think. Sure. To I their believe Marty's wearing a pork pie hat that's folded to look like a fedora. Oh, okay. is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, is it because of his little little Canadian head? If you look at the back of the brim, <laughs> it doesn't – I believe that's what he's wearing. It's just kind of like a Tom Waits kind of hat. Hmm. Okay. All right. That's good. Um yeah, I, I love the 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 confusion of of the of the Biff's goons of just being like, "What is ha- how is he on stage and how did he change so fast?" Like, yeah, you know, Billy Zane's had some pretty solid moments in this one. Yeah, Billy that, Zane, Billy Zane in 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 this movie, especially in this scene, because um, he has that weird accent in, I was, in 1985. <laughs> like, he suddenly has like a country accent. Maybe but he in, they're from Texas or something. <laughs> Well, well, but here he doesn't have the accent so much. He's just ha- he's just like he just sounds kind of exhausted. Like, yeah, how did he change his clothes so fast? Um, he doesn't have that like weird like country twang that he has in alternate nineteen eighty five. I don't know what that's about, but yeah, um, he isn't totally a little kind of like bit a, uh, kind of like a Ryan Gosling's Canadian, but in every movie he sounds like he's from Brooklyn. He <laughs> actually he reminds me of uh, uh, in this minute he reminds me of Timothy Oliphant in Scream Two. Like, oh, Timothy Oliphant would be a great Biff. He would be a good Biff. Um, and uh, yeah, but yeah, he reminds me of Timothy Oliphant. He has that sort of like Timothy Oliphant accent. Um, I don't know. It's specifically in Scream Two is what I'm, I'm thinking of. Such but. an underrated actor, man. Yeah. Um, well, apparently he's a dick, and that's why he's underrated oh really he seems really cool and never is on conan well remember that uh you know that story with with kevin smith they did that movie together and he was like a dick to kevin smith the whole movie uh right, right. I, I noticed um for the first time uh, the really funny uh banner for enchantment under the sea there's like two really weird looking fish and they're holding tridents mm-hmm. oh yeah it's great yeah. i love that they have like a logo for the enchantment <laughs> under the sea dance <laughs> <laughs> 
it's it's just you really you really picture like some really kind of like type a like almost uh like Cher Horowitz type girl in Hill Valley that's just like yeah. you know, we are going to have a banner and it's gonna be there's gonna be fish and they're gonna be holding tritons. <laughs> I just love that there's just this table with just all of this like decorative crap on it. Like it's a whole I know it's like, like scene. It's like a fat it's Tuesday in New Orleans. This yeah. It's amazing. It is it's astonishing what they have. I I wish I wish like I just feel like it, it, the reason that this isn't actually a thing in most high schools, you know, we don't you don't get these kinds of decorations um, in most high schools is because, you know, creative people don't tend to like teach at high school <laughs> at the high school level. You know, we had, um, a, we had a pretty like, we had a pretty touch prom. I remember our theme was Alice in Wonderland. Hmm. And uh, remember, and though, some... this isn't their prom. This is just oh, the enchantment. Oh, right. That's true. Yeah, yeah this okay. is just a dance. Yeah, it's not, it's not even like homecoming, right? No. This is a dance. Yeah, just a dance. Maybe because they're so separated from the rest of California that they they need to go. All, it, it's kind of like how in Odessa, like, you know, football games are like where you go to be social, you know? Yeah. In, in Hill Valley, it's the dance. Yeah, well, yeah. And, the, and the other thing, too, is that, you know, there's there's not usually like budget anymore. So like even if you have creative teachers at a high school level, like they have, you know, 200 bucks to work with and they're not going to spend it on decorations that they're just going to throw yeah. out or store somewhere. Also their budget for like the school play. Right. And, and if they were smart, they would theme them together so that all of the props and sets that you build for the play, you just use for the yeah. decorations yeah. later. The dance man cometh. Yeah. I like the theory, though, that this is like the alternate to the town from Footloose, that, you know, that dancing is their thing. They're like, there's, <laughs> there's one thing we do in this town, and it's throw a killer dance. We throw right. it down. Scott, I, I love the fact that 3D's 3D glasses say 3D on the front of them. Yes, of course they do. <laughs> it's a joke. Just, yeah. They've got to be labeled in case you didn't know. Not to be, I mean, not to, not, not, not to make the same joke two days in a row, but it's, it's very like Jared Leto Joker, like just on the uh-huh. nose, like, you know, t- tattooing the word damaged on his forehead. Oh, God. <laughs> He's also gr- like grit in his teeth. Like he is, yeah. he is real mad. Uh, um, that Marty kid. Yeah. Right here at the, at the very, I never noticed this before, but in the corner at the last few seconds, you get some really adorable shots of, uh, of Lorraine being, being spun around yeah. by George. Oh yeah. Being spun. Yeah. I also, I love that uh, the Biff's gang, like they're, they're like, okay, let's go up there. And they, they, so they, they run, they're, they're like, we're going to get him when he gets off stage. And then they run to the, uh, exit area that, it isn't actually an exit because it just takes you to the stage. Um, but they, they go in there and then they stand in the doorway and then they point. Yeah, there he is. And then they go forward. It's like, what did you where did you think you were going? Did like, you, were you worried about losing him? <laughs> yeah, it's just so it's so over the top and ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, you, you love it. I mean, you brought this up last week with uh, with the fuzzy typewriter crew, but it, it's it's very much in the style of the weasels from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh yeah, yeah, like they're mm-hmm. almost moving in unison. That's a good point. Yeah, they have become the weasels from Roger Rabbit. Absolutely. Which one is Squiggy? <laughs> I think it's 3D. Um, Could be. Yeah, he seems to be leading the crew a little bit. You would think it would be Skinhead, but Skinhead doesn't seem like a leader in this one like he was in the last one. Um, he seemed like second in command in the uh, in the first movie. Yeah, like but he was now the, in, yeah. 
Yeah, now in the sequel, it really does seem like 3D is second in command. It's like he's he's, he's like he's he's been demoted from the Kaneki to the Putsy. Yeah, hmm. it definitely seems that way. Yeah, borrow some some grease parlance. Um, so I love that once he starts playing Johnny Be Good, like Marty calls Doc and he's like, yeah, they're Biff's goons are they're about to jump me. And he's like, well, then get out of there. Why are you calling me? <laughs> Marty, you stupid child. Be a, be a man. <laughs> <laughs> be a man. Run away. Doc, I'm getting beaten up right now. <laughs> it's so funny. It's good. It's good line delivery on both of those. You know, it's the they're about to jump me, you know, and then yeah. Doc's just will get out of there is probably his best line of the of this film. <laughs> oh, it's so good. You know, my uh, I just I'm just remembering this. But my my, uh, my parents actually met at a at a school dance very much like this mm. in the 1960s. Hmm. Um, so there's that moment where, uh, Marty is like explaining to doc, like what's going on. He's like, they're, they're going to, the other me, the one that's on stage playing Johnny be good. And I, and I I was like, I wonder when Marty would have had a chance (laughs) to tell doc, to tell doc about about that whole situation. And I realized, remember we had talked about this last season on the show. There had to have been a moment after, uh, after the 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 Lone Pine Mall scene, when they go to like a diner and like oh. hang out, and that's where the diner cape cup came from. We did it. Uh, yeah. we, we did it. Yeah. Kind of like the ending of Pineapple Express, where they just like go over the adventure again and like like misery. Right. Right. Oh, that's, and that's so where tight. that's where the Strickland's diner cup comes from. I I also do believe that that Johnny B. Good shocked and horrified so many people at that dance that there's no way Emmett Brown of 1950. <laughs> oh, I heard about that. Wait, that was, that was you. you? <laughs> I like it at about 35 seconds into this minute, we actually see that uh, that start to go down and you get, you know, the reaction of the drummer who looks like, what is he doing when he starts to do the duck walk? You get the the the, you know, the big uh, stand up bass player mm-hmm. looking a little shocked. And then my favorite is the saxophone player who couldn't look more offended. I mean, it it's. <laughs> it's just his reaction is just great he's yeah. having a real good time too like probably yeah. more than anyone else in the band up until up until he starts showboating it's like what is he doing not, yeah have you ever noticed I, the, think, I don't know if i mentioned this last season but the guy playing the upright bass kind of looks like a young neil degrasse tyson he does, he does a little yeah. bit actually i think you did mention that i feel like i remember that um <laughs> oh wow funny. he does yeah I mean, I think part of their offense is, you know, at Martius, we're not going to be asked back. We've got, they've got dances at this school. We've got to play. They love dances. You know how, but we, this is, this is our dope budget is all Hill Valley dances. That's right. Mm-hmm. What what are we going to do if we, if we lose this? We're going to have to go back to, to Marvin. Uh, there. Oh, well, it's oh, back to El Segundo, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. I'm sorry. Well, I, I think, meant I meant Chuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's uh, I think that's all I got uh, for this minute. Do you guys have anything else? Yeah, pretty vanilla minute. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot here. It's just that it's a lot of stuff we've already talked about. Um, you know, but just just to reiterate, now that we kind of know a bit more context, uh, Lorraine's dress is is indeed uh, uh, knockout. Yeah, it's a knockout of a dress. I, I Leah Thompson still owns that dress. It's the one thing she kept from these movies. Aw. Yeah. 
Um, not ripped. And somebody right. still give it to Zoe Deutsch. Yeah. Uh, so, Guy, uh, what, what did you have to plug today? I, uh, if, if any of you are near Elmira, New York, uh, tomorrow uh, and uh, Saturday, I'll be appearing at the Twin Tiers Comic Con, and I should be doing a uh, presentation on Back to the Future. So come on, check that out. And then if, uh, cool. if you can't make that, I'll be in uh, Animate Florida, September 16th through 18th, uh, doing the same thing and also doing a live version at both of those of Drunk on Disney, the uh, podcast I do with Dana Snyder, the voice of Master Shake from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And so so come come check that stuff out. You'll have a good time. And be safe down there in Florida. <laughs> very, very I cool. Promise that. Um, what about what about you, John? You have anything you want to plug before you're out of here? I will be home uh, <laughs> most of those dates that guy mentioned. Uh, I, mean, I mean, the only thing I can really plug at this point, the ACPN.com, like like I mentioned, we do a lot of different podcasts, Drunk on Disney, Flux Capacicast, and a lot more uh, popular culture, technology, comedy stuff. All right. And well, things. <laughs> uh, we will be back next week, but in the meantime, uh, you can go to our website, duelinggenre.com, where you can find our other podcasts like The Doctor's Companion, our Doctor Who podcast, and Geek by Night, our original uh, podcast series about five friends who uh, run a comic book store together and get superpowers. It's, uh, it's a fun, lighthearted romp. Uh, go check that out. It's, it's, it's a good show. I recommend it because I write it um, with with Nick. We write it together. We want you to listen to it. Do yeah, the we thing. Got some, we got some great voice actors. Uh, yes. Brilliant. Oh, they're writer. the best. Yeah, we're really proud of our team. Absolutely. We're, um, yeah, we're proud of our to, team than El Diablo is of his uh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> go to duelinggenre.com slash support. Always leave it to always leave it to Nick to make the the reference to the thing that he just did five minutes ago. Whatever that thing is, if he makes a reference to something, you can guarantee Nick did it five minutes ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm an open book. <laughs> um, but yeah, duelinggenre.com slash support is the uh is is the link to our Patreon page where you can uh, become a, a patron and subscribe there at five dollars a month, and you'll get you'll gain access to all kinds of exclusive content. Help us keep the lights on over here. Uh, help us purchase new equipment, improving the show, things like that. And you'll get uh, exclusive podcasts, like not writing the podcast that Nick and I do that is exclusive to Patreon, um, where we talk about movies and TV shows and books we've been reading and whatever. We and, uh, we do that there. And we curse. And we do curse. Yeah, that's that that one. Uh, that one we do curse on. Um, and then uh, also, of course, relevant to your interest here, that's uh, Back to the Future Minute No Roads edition, our weekly weekend edition of the show. Uh, so go check that out. And we'll continue to do that through the hiatus, which will be getting very soon. I think we're about a month away from that starting up. Uh, so if you want to hear us, our dulcet tones talking about Back to the Future, the only way you're going to be able to do that during the hiatus is to become a Patreon member and uh, listen to Back to the Future Minute No Roads edition. In our most recent episode, we discussed Robert Zemeckis' directorial debut, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Yes. Yes, that's true. We have some like revolving segments, and uh, one of those is we're going to be working our way through Robert Zemeckis's filmography, which means eventually we're going to talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I know a lot of 
our listeners want to hear us talk about. So if you want to hear us talk about that movie, uh, we're going to be doing it on No Roads Edition. So also six days, that. seven nights. Is that one? Of, that's not one of his movies. What? what wait, wait, wait! I always get, I always get six days. Did you direct What Lies Beneath? Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. That's the one. I'm yeah. The, I I only think of What Lies Beneath because yeah yeah they're both Harrison Ford, but then I I think of it as the Mich- Michelle Pfeiffer bathtub movie. Yeah, I was thinking um, of it as the the VHS the blo- blockbuster. It was always like the bathtub and the hand coming out of it. Right. Exactly. Um. But uh. Yeah. So thanks thanks guys for joining us this week. It was a blast. Yeah. Thank you. This Thank you awesome. for having us. All right. Well, uh, special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. And of course, a follow Friday to our Movies by Minutes brethren, Star Wars Minute, Indiana Jones Minute, Jaws Minute, Wrath of Khan Minute, Alien Minute, Two Minute Terminator, and As If clueless minute which we just guest starred on last week so and it was delightful it was um so go check those out and you can find all of them at moviesbyminutes.com and we'll see you next week bye have a good weekend